and welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest is known widely as the body coach. Uh, he's sold 2.7 million books in the UK alone. My friend Lucy says they're not only amazing recipes, but they're brilliant because you're also half naked in them. Just putting it out there. <laughs> uh, but you're also a dad to little Indy, who's only two and a half weeks at the point of recording this. It is Joe Wicks. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. Thanks, thanks. Um, I'm really <laughs> excited to be on your show. I was listening to it when the baby was um, in Rosie's tummy, so I've had some experience listening to it, and I think I didn't realise how much I'd want to talk about the baby, but I'm at that phase where I'm so excited, I just want to share everything. Well, this is the thing, because I, I, when I first found out that Rosie was pregnant, that you were going to be a dad, very late, but we'd talk about that, you know, you didn't announce it till Rosie was almost 30 weeks, I thought, ah. Oh, wouldn't he be a great guest to have on? And I thought, oh, but he's so private. And the fact that you kept it so late and you didn't say anything. And I just thought, I don't know if he'll say yes. So when you did, I was like, just get him in quickly before he changes his mind. Yeah, no, I'm just, I honestly <laughs> thought that I was going to be a bit more private and wouldn't want to share things. But because she's such a massive part of my day now, like putting on stories a little bit. But I yeah. think the best place to talk about her is like on a podcast, because obviously there's no, you haven't got to show videos and images. But I'm so excited about everything and I just the whole process of the hypnobirthing and yeah. the NCT so when I was learning something I was like going home and telling my mates and saying did you know this about the woman's body because it's like going to school isn't it it's like a science yeah. lesson yeah it is doing it hypnobirthing way it makes much more sense yeah I think it was the most powerful thing I think people that have that fear of going into labour I think Rosie was so prepared for it she was so calm that I'm a massive advocate of doing that for the mindset and just changing your belief system on what it's going to be like but Rosie was amazing I was just thinking about it this morning in the shower so she hypnobirthed at home and we went to the hospital and she was seven centimetres dilated and <laughs> we didn't realise she was so full on but yeah. she was just so controlled of her breathing and really got in the, in the right zone for it it was a wonderful experience and I I also didn't think I was going to watch, but I watched everything and I found it so fascinating. I just thought it was wonderful. Well, I hate, hate with a passion the old saying, it's like watching the, your favourite pub burn down. Just like, get over it. It's part of life. I know, that's one of those things that people get scared and say, oh, you shouldn't watch it. You're never going to look at the same again. But yeah. when I started seeing the baby's head come, I was just so excited. I said, come on, Rosie. It was like we were all motivating her. And because at that point, you know, it's quite a painful experience, but she was just pushing and pushing. And I was like, it's coming, it's coming. And I just couldn't, but I burst into tears when she came out. <laughs> we didn't know the sex. And yeah. I was convinced it was going to be a boy so I saw the umbilical cord and I was like oh it's got a really long willy it's a boy <laughs> and then about two seconds I was like oh no it's a girl and I just burst into tears and I was like laughing at the same time because I couldn't Aww. believe it was a girl but yeah what an amazing experience we had it at Kingston Hospital and the midwives were so good we got there at 12 o'clock and the baby came out at 9pm and the midwife, she could have left, but she stayed like an extra two hours. And I thought it was so nice of her to stay and see it all out. Well, it must be that thing as well for them. It's quite a significant thing to be there for the birth of a baby. So when you've done all that work and put all that effort in, you kind of, you don't want to leave. Yeah, she was stay. there right to the end. And I just thought it was so nice of her. So we popped back to visit her and say thank you and give her a little candle and some perfume. But Already? And you're two and a half weeks in? That's the thing. When I think back, like Rosie, the next day we had visitors. The day after that, we went into Richmond for lunch. Like Rosie was walking around and really? she recovered really quickly in her body. Now it's amazing. You wouldn't even tell she had a baby. Really? She just likes, obviously some women just quite lucky with their skin yeah, and the way yeah. she hasn't got any stretch marks and stuff. But we had a lot of visitors. Then I actually burnt out a little bit because you know you have this really like, you're so it's high, you're like adrenaline, much, yeah. you're, you're buzzing, you're buzzing. And then suddenly I was like, oh, we've had so many visitors. I need to just have a break now. And because I was doing loads of Instagram stories and putting out this content, I thought I need to just have some time off. So I turned my phone off for a couple of days and really connected with a baby and Rosie and I just got her on the little carrier so we did skin to skin <laughs> and walk around the house with her. I love that. You're, on your Instagram post, you are literally, it's like she's glued to you. You're, yeah. You really are embracing it. It's like you really are completely and utterly besotted already. 
you know, some people say there's that moment where you just like completely fall in love and it's this massive lightning bolt, but it didn't happen like that. But every day now I go home and I see her and I wake up with her like I'm loving her a little bit more yeah. and it's growing every day. And it's just amazing seeing her smile and just kind of interact. She's so cute. And she wasn't, I thought she was going to come out all squished because my little nephew Oscar was all like squished and he had a cone head and it was all bruised <laughs> up. And she came out looking like a little angel and I just couldn't believe how lovely she looked. Oh, that's so gorgeous. They say, well, I've heard, I think one of my midwives said something like, the first time you meet your baby, they won't look like you think they will. It takes 24 hours for them to grow into the, what you think they're going to look like. <laughs> their eyes, they're all swollen, aren't they? And stuff. Yeah. Their eyes are a bit bulgy, but she's really cute. She's really alert as well now. So she's got beautiful, like, blue eyes, but I think they're changing. I don't think they stay blue forever, do they? Because me and Rosie have got brown eyes. Yeah, yeah. Buzz had emerald green eyes for about five and a half months. We were like, wow. This and they is, went brown. Yeah, literally overnight. Let's go back to the very, very beginning, though, in your childhood. What was your childhood like? I've got really happy memories of being a kid. I, I was very energetic, probably hyperactive. I wasn't ever <laughs> diagnosed with ADHD, but I must have been like borderline because I just remember climbing everything and running everywhere, and I just was so energetic, you know, a bit of a handful. I'm one of three boys, so there's Nikki, okay. who's 34, I'm 33, and then there's George, who's 23. So there's three boys, I'm the middle one. My mum raised me the majority of the time. My dad always mm-hmm. wasn't always there, but... Yeah. Um, she done a great job. She was quite strict. Like I really respected my mum. If she said, you've got to be home at nine o'clock, I was home at nine o'clock, you know, because she was quite strict with the way she raised me. And I think she taught me how to be polite and respectful and understand, you know, rules. And I wasn't a tear away completely. I was a bit of a class clown, but I still respected people and had a decent set of morals and stuff. Yeah. Did you always want a family? Did you think about how you would raise that family? Looking back at your childhood, I, I always think, oh, I'd like to incorporate that in my childhood and make sure that the focus isn't on things and that it's the people around you and your imagination and things. Yeah, without a doubt, I think my dad being absent definitely made me want to... I want to be a dad that's really present. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be around and I want to be a strong figure to be there for her and let her know that she can rely on me and I'm always going to be there. So my dad was, like, in and out of kind of rehab and whatnot, so we had issues like that. But we're so close now, me and my dad, so it's not like really? I look back and I think... I hold any grudges or resentment towards my child because I have really great memories and I love my dad for who he is today. It's just part of the journey, like who I am today and how I've become an adult is because of my mum and dad's experiences Mm -hmm. and how I was raised. But for me, I really want to have a strong family bond, you know, a strong unit because my mum and dad never got married, but if they were married, they would have been divorced every single month. You know what I mean? So, you know, I want to be a strong family. I want to stick together and and show, well, Indy and Rosa that, you know, you can be a strong, happy family in love and you don't have to, like, break up and stuff when things get tough. And you kept your, your relationship with Rosie quite secret. Yeah, because I was in a relationship for a long time beforehand and then when I started going out of Rosie, I wanted to, I just thought, share everything online. Yeah, yeah, it's nice and to have something for you. I wanted just to keep that private, yeah, so... I'm not like going to red carpet events. I'm not partying and hanging out with celebrities. Like, although I have success and I'm kind of in the media, I'm not really like that. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't put you in that sort of category at all. You know, I've got a very close group of friends and I sort of keep myself yeah. myself. But I just thought I don't want to share everything with Rosie. So when the decision came to have a baby, I said, you know, I'd love to have a baby and we would go through that. And then I thought, when am I going to announce? Because if like the papers or someone tells everyone, it's like looks like I've kept it secret and it's, it looks a bit weird. So I thought, I'll wait till nearer the end, then I'll announce it. Yeah. And obviously, everything I put on Instagram ends up in a Daily Mail. Yeah, so I have to be conscious of what I write and what yeah. I put up because they're going to literally share that as news stories. Yeah. Well, and take it apart and read more into things. And so you've got to think of every single word that you put in there. Yeah, but, you know, they've been quite nice. No one said anything negative or anything, but it's just like, I'm not going to be completely like family goals and posting pictures every week. But every now and again, I'll just share a little bit on my story and yeah. let people know that she's doing well. And I think that's nice. The decision to have a baby, 
Was there a part of you that would like to have had a baby by a certain point in your life? I always thought I was going to be a young dad. Yeah. So my mum was 17 when she had my brother Nicky. Oh, really? And 19 when she had me. So she was like super young. like. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to be a young dad as well. But I never kind of got to that point. But then when I really fell in love with Rosie, I had this complete urge to like want to have a baby. But it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. She was away on a trip and she came back. And I said, look, I've been really thinking, like, I really want to make a baby. Can we try? And that was it. She was obviously like really up for it and really happy about it. And then... She fell pregnant really quick within a month. Because right. you always think it's going to take a year. Yep, yep, you never know. She's been on the pill 10, 15 years. Like mm-hmm. She's going to take quite a while. She fell pregnant really quick. And she, unfortunately, that baby was a miscarriage. So oh. didn't quite progress. And then only two months later, she fell pregnant again. And then Indy, Indy was born. We had a miscarriage first time. And I don't think that's talked about enough, really. I think it's one of those things that when it happens, everyone's like, oh, one in five or whatever statistic it is now. And it's kind of like, oh, well, at least you can get pregnant or, you know, your body can do it. And I don't think we talk about it enough. I especially don't think that men talk about it enough because obviously it is a physical thing for a woman to go through and it's heartbreaking. But there's also the other element of the dad side that is never talked about. It is really common. And, you know, some women can have miscarriage and not even know they're pregnant. Rosie tested really, really early on. She found that she was pregnant, but I suppose she's a really strong character and we talked about it and, you know, said, you know, this has happened, but let's move forward and stay yeah. positive. We didn't dwell on it too much. Yeah. And so I can't say it really affected me on a massive emotional level because I was just so excited about the fact that she got pregnant and we're all good and she can get pregnant again. Yeah. I'm not one to really look back yeah, in the yeah, past yeah. and sort of sit in that well, mindset. I always say that if it hadn't have happened to me, then I wouldn't have buzz. Yeah. So for me, Buzz will always be my silver lining because there's no way that I could have had him if the first pregnancy had gone full term. Yeah, isn't it amazing when you think like that one moment of intimacy created that one baby at that one moment in time and it, if it wasn't that time, like Indy wouldn't have been Indy, it could have been a boy or a yeah. girl. And so it is amazing to think that this all happened for a reason. Yeah. We just kept positive, you know, we, we kept having, I was going to say we kept having sex then. We kept um, <laughs> Well, you we did that as got well. got back in the saddle and we... Um... <laughs> My dad said that to me. My dad said, right, so I'll drive away through a miscarriage. Sometimes you just got to get back on that horse. I was like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> Quite literally, yeah. And that, was, um, and that was it. So we don't think about it too much, I think. You know, we're so proud and excited that we've got Indy now. We don't yeah. think about the past too much. No, no, of course. And that's so important. That you, it seems like you two have really talked about it. She's so calm. What I've realised as well about Rosie is that she's so calm. She hypnobirthed. The baby came out super calm. And I really believe in that. The energy we give out, like when she was pregnant and just our vibes, you know, like being calm and relaxed affects the baby's personality when it comes out of the womb. It's been listening and understanding what this environment's going to be like. And she's the most chilled baby. And I think it's because of the hypnobirthing for sure. How did you react when you found out that Rosie was pregnant? came home and she'd done a pregnancy test and I was just so so happy I sort of said you're joking I couldn't believe it because it happened so quick you know a month into trying and we were just really really happy and then we went to America and had a little holiday and then my brother Nicky actually his girlfriend Louisa also fell pregnant five days apart so really she had a baby a few days before ours so there's two babies there's Milo and Indy and they look like twins because they're so close (laughs) together that's so lovely and that cousin bond I know brothers and sisters there's a bond there that is unbreakable but there's something about seeing your family member that you're close to are their kids playing with your kids. Yeah. As they grow up, it just gets better and better. Yeah, me and Nick are really close. So it's going to be great to see them because we have holidays together to see them grow up together. So pregnancy-wise, how was the pregnancy for you? Was it weird seeing Rosie's body change? Was it How involved did you get? Because obviously the hypnobirthing, that is something you do all the whole way through, really. I feel like I'm just the most optimistic, like positive person. If you talk about anything with this birth, because she, she didn't have morning sickness. She was completely normal. Yeah. Like We had holidays together. We, we just did everything the same. Nothing changed. And even now, I feel like 
life hasn't really changed apart from we've got this other person with us. It's yeah. just the same. It's beautiful. And what I love the most is when I used to oil Rosie's belly every night and feeling it bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then when I spooned her, I'd, she'd lift her belly up and I'd just tuck my hand under <laughs> it because it would always roll. So I just remember thinking, oh, I don't want the bump to go. But obviously now the baby's here, like I don't miss the bump as much. But I really, really loved the whole thing. And like I said, I went to the NCT six weeks before the baby came. Yeah. And I was just learning about the uterus and the cervix and you know, the meconium and all the, you know, the colostrum harvesting is like fascinating. So I love the human body. Yeah. Because I did anatomy and physiology at school, but you don't learn about all this stuff. You don't learn about the woman's body. So, But I guess especially doing what you do now, seeing that the actual body does so much stuff as well and how important that is. It's incredible. Like women's bodies, the design and the way it can do all all this stuff during labour and the hormone like relaxing that relaxes all the muscles Mm -hmm. and all these things that only in a female body. So it's like so unique and specific to that task of giving birth. And I was just so proud of her because it is, it's a long experience. It's not like it happened straight away. And the pushing phase was like two hours long. So yeah. she was exhausted. And I remember just, she was like, I can't do it. It's going to take ages. And we, were, me and the midwife were sort of cheering her on, like almost like telling her to just do, you know, one more rep, one more rep. <laughs> like we were all pegging her on. And then I watched the baby come out and I just couldn't believe it. I was just so amazed. And then one more push and it just came out, yeah. the whole thing. It's a funny moment, isn't it, where the head's out, just the head. Yeah, the head like tilted to the side. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And, Rosie's mum was there as well so Rosie's mum and and I was there and we sort of took turns and some people say like your woman doesn't want to be touched but I actually was just tickling her back and stroking her well I think it's all about seeing what they want in that moment we did hypnobirthing it was all the light touch thing but at certain moments I was like enough yeah (laughs) you get in the water the bath yeah in the the water yeah Um, which was lovely absolutely amazing yeah, but Rosie was in there, but she couldn't give birth and then she just couldn't feel the urge to push, so she did it on the bed instead. Ah, well, first time around, they actually got me to come out. But second time around, everything happened so quickly and was in the water. Oh, really? Flew in and out. out. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, there we go, second time around. I already want another baby. Like, I already feel like she's grown so quick and I, I want that feeling again of like going through pregnancy and the labour and having another baby to hold. So I said to Rosie, I want to have four kids and she's well up for it. So she's not been deterred. She wants to have more. That's amazing. I love it. Because I want them close together. I want to be like me and my brother where we're really close. Yeah. We've got that close bond. So I think we could wait another two or three years because I know it's going to be harder with two or three kids. It's going to be much harder, but I'm ready for it. Like I want to have them close together. I want to have a family that's kind of not too far apart. And so bring it on, I say. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) And how are you finding the juggle with work and everything? Because right now you're taking it easy. You've given us the pleasure of your time today, but I know you are sort of, you're enjoying that time at home. But when it comes to work and being able to juggle family life... Have you thought of how you're going to move forward with that? Well, the one thing I'm really conscious about with my content is like, obviously, I'm in a fortunate position where a work day for me is like cooking a Lean and 15 recipe, doing a YouTube workout in my garden, doing some social media content. So I'm lucky I don't have to leave the house and be out all day. And I've got friends that are really amazing dads and they have to leave the house at 7am and come back at 7pm. And Mm -hmm. that must be hard because the mum's obviously got to do quite a lot on her own. And I'm very grateful that I've built a life where my work is basically social media and I can be anywhere. So I can be in America with Rosie, I can be in Richmond, just pop into the office and filming and going home. So yeah, I have to remember that, that not everyone's in that position. But I'm not like someone who does loads of book tours or filming abroad. And even if I did, I could take my baby and Rosie with me. So I want to just share my experience here and try and give people some tips and advice along the way. But I think it's so everyone's so unique with their child and 
you have to be very careful that you're not sounding too preachy. Exactly. Because I think everyone's got an opinion and yeah. some people obviously believe that their way is the right way, but I'm only kind of talking about my experience. And that's all you can do. I always feel like any time I share something, I have to be, but I know that's not right for everyone. It's like hypnobirthing. Yeah. I found it the most amazing experience ever. But I, I also am very conscious that for some people, that's just not what they want to do. And you kind of have to say, that's fine. Like you, I think parenting is some is an area that people feel judged, but actually most of that judgment comes from ourselves. I said that when I did I did a story saying, look, because everything I'm saying is coming from a place of love. I'm not mm. trying to say that this is how every man should be. and this is. But I was just saying what I was doing. And some people obviously take offence to it. So I'm quite cautious of how I share stuff. And Have you been surprised? Yeah, because everyone kind of... If you're saying, oh, the baby didn't latch the first couple of days and everyone's telling you what they should do and this and that, yeah. but it was just the first couple of days that like, she's fine now. Yeah. I think people just have a lot of emotional connection to the, their kids and what worked for them, so they want to tell you what worked for their kid. Yeah. But again, it's always people being quite loving and wanting to share their tips and stuff. Can get overwhelming, though. Well, it's full on, isn't it? Because like, Instagrams with DMs and stuff, I, I really engage my audience. I love mm. to say thank you for the messages. And the more times I say thank you to the messages, the more they come. So I've had the most engagement ever on my social media the last couple of weeks, like people sending messages and stuff. So it is quite tough keeping on top of it all. Well, I guess also because for a lot of people, you've really helped them in terms of how they feel about themselves and getting them lean in 15 and, and changing the way that they sort of view so many things. So this is the first time really they're getting to see a side of you that they haven't before. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and they already sort of have a, a feeling towards you, but this is a whole other area that's personal. Yeah, it's completely different. I was, and I wasn't sure how people were going to react. Like, were they were they going to say, oh, just stick to your fitness and food. We don't want to hear about your baby life and stuff. But most people seem to really like what I've been sharing. Yeah. And I'm not like posting pictures every other day, but every now and again, I'll put on my story. And <laughs> Do you want to, though? I feel like, yeah, like, I get a nice photo, like the one on my watch, and I feel, oh, I'd love to share that. But, <laughs> but you again, said one to me last <laughs> night. I was like, oh, Jay. I know, that was a private one. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, you want to... Sh- I want to be present engaged with the baby, but you also want to take photos and you want to document everything. Yeah. So it's we've started a little Instagram, a private account for Indy, where we're sharing all the photos and videos to her so when she's older she can look back and watch it and stuff. Oh, that's lovely. So that she can kind of document her life and from first arriving, first time she got in her buggy and stuff. It's fun. That's so lovely because I've heard of people doing like email accounts and stuff, but there is something about that grid, isn't there? Yeah, it's so much easier to flick through. So we, I send her like little videos saying I've just because we just tried her with a bottle for the first time, and I just do a little video. I'm just giving you a bottle for the first time. See what you think of it, and it's lovely. It's like watching it back as what reminds me what she's growing so quick as well. Two weeks has gone really fast. That idea has just made me literally well up. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it's a great idea because, you, you know, like if you lose your phone, you lose photos, don't you? Yeah. And sometimes you'll lose your camera and Instagram will never disappear. It will always be there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's a good little way of documenting. I can just scroll through and screenshot stuff when they're a bit older. That's really lovely. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, Headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia 
gravis or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. What made you decide to do hypnobirthing? It was something that Louise and my brother's girlfriend had done and you know, I hadn't really heard of what it really was until then, and it's just becoming this kind of popular thing now. But basically, Rosie had an MP3 that we were listening to every night together, yeah. positive affirmations, and I found it so relaxing. It would put us to sleep every single night of the week. <laughs> and then I realised that the more you listen to it, the more it makes sense about your body, you know, is designed for this, and don't fear those surges. Like, if every time it comes, the baby's coming nearer to you. And I think if you fought the other way and you thought it's too painful, I'll just push it away and you resist that movement, mm-hmm. that feeling, then the baby will take longer to come yeah. and the heart rate will elevate and it will be a bit more stressed. And the baby's heart rate consistently stayed the same throughout the whole thing. She's really calm and I think it definitely had an impact. The mind's so powerful. Yeah. And it is a bit, you think it's a bit wishy-washy, it's a bit fairy stuff, but it's not. It's just constant reminding yourself that you're ready to do this, you want to meet your baby, you're going to get through it. And even if you combine it with pain relief, it's fine. Like You can do a bit of both, like a bit of gas and air. Exactly. And, and that's the thing, isn't it, I think, with hypnobirthing. It prepares you in, in a sense of it keeps you calm. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. We all know that people have to have emergency cesareans or whatever reason. You don't get a medal for it. Yeah. You, know, you've just got, you want to get your baby out in the safest way possible. But it's a great calming technique. Rosie was all night, she was awake, doing a little hypnobirthing. I didn't realise she was so far gone. We didn't realise she was seven centimetres late. We thought she was just like early stages. Yeah. When we got to the hospital, the contractions stopped for some reason. And they were like, we'll do a little check. And they said, oh, you're seven centimetres late. Like, go and grab the bag. You're going to have the baby today. And that's because of the hypnobirthing. Yeah. She was ready for those feelings, you know, and she breathed through it. I was six centimetres by the time we got to the hospital. And, and my doctor was literally like, have you been having contractions? I was like, yeah, I'm having one right now. I know. They were so irregular. They were like every 10 minutes, every 15. Oh, really? We didn't know. We didn't know what was going on. So the hospital don't want you to go in straight away, do they? They tell no. you to wait at home. So she had a bath. I gave her a foot rub and a massage and kept her calm. But then she was like bent over the kitchen counter, like <laughs> really breathing. I was like, maybe we should go and get you some um, pain relief. Yeah. They thought she was going to be sent home and then that was it. She came a few hours later. That moment for you and Rosie, tell me about it. You're seeing Rosie do something completely natural and... But it's just, it's like your body takes over. How was that, seeing her go through that? Uh, her mum, maybe she's because she's experienced, she could kind of feel the pain she was going through because right. I couldn't really connect with that pain. I just felt like I was just super proud of her and I was really encouraging and I just kept saying, you can do this. And like I said, the experience was just amazing. I was fascinated. I was like amazed. I couldn't believe how strong she was. And when she's pushing, it was like rocking back and forth wasn't it and she's like it's never going to calm it's not and I said Rosie it's so close and the, the midwife was so good she was like counting to 10 every time she did a push yeah. and that kind of helped her with getting the baby's head out and then yeah I suppose I just was amazed but now thinking back I really think wow like what she put herself through to bring that baby to me is amazing yeah. and I'm you do feel an amazing sense of love for them yeah because you'll never experience that and but then the minute she was out she was on Rosie's chest and Rosie was smiling and crying and happy and 
the pain and the feeling is just like you forget about it very quickly. Well, that's why so many people say, you know, if they could remember that, just that bit before all the love rushes through, you probably wouldn't have any other children. But it just goes instantly as soon as that baby's in your arms. And Rosie had some gas and air, a little bit of gas and air, and then she just wasn't coming out, so they gave her a little cut. Yeah. And they so they gave her some local anaesthetic, and then and she was done still a cut. walking around. Literally That's the thing. Day. I just I can't. I think about everyone says, "Wow, like Rosie should be resting in bed," but Rosie was literally bowling around the house. We walked to Richmond, and was just like back to normal. It's crazy. Just a goes tummy, to show, doesn't it, how everyone's so different. A tummy just gone like you literally can't tell. She had a baby. It's mad. It's quite weird, really, because her belly was quite big. Joe, if you see me two and a half weeks after delivering this baby, I can promise you, <laughs> my tummy muscles, I don't even know where they'll be. It's so different. It is soft, though. It is kind of soft. Yeah, like she's got okay. muscle. But, but in terms of visually, it's quite flat. And, yeah. and, you know, she's got lucky in the sense there's no stretch marks and stuff. But it's all part of it, isn't it? Everyone's different. And exactly. And you've got to love your body. And I always believe that, you know, you can get fit for exercise and, you know, you can eat well and stuff. What was it like leaving the hospital? So leaving the hospital, we put her in a little car seat. Mm-hmm. We only drove from Kingston to Richmond, so we were in Kingston Hospital. And it was weird. Like I could look at her, seeing her in the mirror. I was, I was just checking up on her. I was driving really slow. And But again, it's just excitement. I wasn't scared. I wasn't worried. I think because I've heard stories from my brother, Nicky, about yeah. you're going to want to like, be up all night and checking her heart rate and making sure she's alive. But we've just been really calm. We're just not panicking yeah. like that. I remember the world feeling really differently, though, when I stepped outside the hospital. Nicky said when he drove home, he kept seeing adults with like babies' faces and thinking he realised that everyone was like a baby. Did Nicky get any sleep? <laughs> I don't know. He was hallucinating. But he really did say he kept seeing adults thinking that was a baby once and he couldn't, it kind of like, yeah, yeah really fun and interesting for him. It's crazy to think that little Indy, she's going to grow up and be... Why did it change for you? Why did the world look different to you when you came out? I think it felt, maybe it's because, you know, I gave birth in the middle of London. It just felt loud, busy, harsh. Oh, really? Yeah, I just wanted to get into our little bubble of a car. Now you've you've had your second baby, you're more calm like the second time oh, around. Oh, yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know, like, if they've got a cold or if they're crying, it can only be a few things. You're not scared and panicking every time. Yeah, second time around, I was much calmer. Whereas with Buzz, he would cry so much and I never knew what the cry was. And I'd literally be turning to friends, like dads as well as mums, and being like, what does it mean? I don't know what this cry means. I should know. And I felt like such a failure because I didn't know what those cries meant. People get so worked up about things, don't they? And they put pressure on themselves. But sometimes the baby just wants a cuddle and I think it's okay to just pick them up and give them a cuddle. But we haven't had any kind of real, like, burst of, like, crying for hours. She'll cry normally for food or she's cold or she's wet. But other than that, in in between, she's quite quiet. You know, you said you were more calm the second time around. Does that mean your second boy is different? Is is their personality any different? Yes. Well, for the first six months, Buddy was really, really calm. Buzz is the showman. He He's always up dancing and running around. And for the first six months, Buddy was really calm. So I was like, oh, OK, it's all, that's, he's just the calm one. But now he is the adventurer. He is the loud one. Oh, it's really? so funny yeah, how, how their personalities just completely change. It's like he was just observing life and kind of going, Sussing OK. Out, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. But he's also like the nurturer. So he loves like cuddling babies and stroking animals and stuff. Oh, that's lovely. It's amazing seeing how they grow up. And obviously we are still really, really early days. Are you getting much sleep? Yes, the first few days she was like waking up every like hour, 90 minutes for milk. like, And it wasn't latching on that great. But now Rosie's got the breastfeeding down. She's waking up probably every like two and a half, three hours through the night. So she's well chilled in the day, sleeps most of the time. Mm. And obviously in the evening she can't, because the milk's better, isn't it? The milk, the hormones and the different type of milk throughout the night. So she's cluster feeding. In those situations, rather than getting worked up and frustrated and like, why aren't you sleeping? Why are we awake? I'm stressed out. I tell Rosie just to stay calm, enjoy these moments, because in a few weeks' time, 
you know, the baby won't always need you like that. Yeah. So like, this is part of it. And so we are remaining calm. But it, the yesterday was the first time I felt tired. I did it. I went into work and did a YouTube workout and I was doing it. And I was like, I'm really like, <laughs> put up working at like 60% here because I was just so tired. But yeah. last night she woke up twice. Right. So at like 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And what we do is we nap together in the daytime. So yeah. yesterday we laid down and we all slept for two hours together. Are you nice. getting up when Rosie gets up in the night? I'm waking up because obviously sometimes I change the nappy but because she's breastfeeding. But I really want Rosie to express some milk so that I can take some of the, sh- the night work off her. It's just hard, isn't it? Because if you do, the- she's still got to express. You I know. know what I mean? so it's hard, thing, isn't yeah, it, so working out how to do it. Even if you do express, you still have to wake up tonight and express and during the night. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You wouldn't have to sleep through then. I never have. I've always done it so that if I know that the baby's having milk, then I will express at the same time. Oh, really? So she'd be awake anyway? I'm not an expert. <laughs> Unless after Rosie gives the morning feed, if, she, if you fed the baby in the night, Rosie could express straight after that morning feed, maybe. Right, yeah. We haven't got into the routine of that yet. But yeah, look, of course, it's not smooth sailing every night. Some days she sleeps more than others. But again, you just have to kind of roll with it, don't you? And just yeah. take it on the chin. Honestly, the amount of times that you're going to feel like, we've got this down, and then it changes. Or, oh my God, this is awful, and then it changes. Yeah, and then the teething. And yeah. She's in a little cot next to us, so we're kind of... Just picking her up, feeding her, putting her down. And I, in the morning, I let her have cuddles. So she comes in and sleeps on my chest for a little bit. And Aww. Yeah, because you sort of think, am I you know, am I cuddling her too much? Am I leaving her too much? It's, you just don't know. You just have to just see how you feel at the time. and yeah, just do what works for you. Just kind of learn as you go. There's no, yeah. there's no manual, is there? I remember getting to a point with Buzz, actually, the first time around, where a friend of mine said, put on Facebook or something, that, you know, it was a year down the line and her baby no longer slept on her. And I was like... Buzz has never slept on me because I've always been so conscious of the fact that I have to put him down. And, you know, it's that, oh, you must put him down to nap because then he'll settle himself and that's much better than him learning to sleep on you. So that afternoon I was like, nope, I'm going to let him nap on me. And it was the best thing ever. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Is there any part of it, because Ori Aduba, when he came on the other week, he said how he wishes he would be able to give birth, he could go through that experience. Is there any part of the whole mother side that you wish that you could go through? Wow, he really wants to. What he actually wants well, to carry a flight, like, Junior? He, I think he was a bit like, I wish I could, but actually, I don't think I'm strong enough. Yeah, I think that's right. I think women's pain thresholds must be so much because men like get a toothache or an earache and they're like rolling around on the floor and they're in bed I'm all day. Glad you know this. Yeah. You know what I mean, Whereas, <laughs> yeah, I think there's just a, another level of a pain threshold. But I'd like to feel what it's like to have the baby kick in because I used to just think it was amazing when she would kick and have hiccups. I was like, what does it feel like having someone inside you do, having hiccups? Like, is it a weird kind of thing like? A claustrophobic feeling, like, what's that doing in me? Or is it a nice, warm, cuddly feeling? Yeah. And Rosie used to love it. I used to play whack-a-mole. So if she kicked, I'd push her down. I'd push her thing. <laughs> yeah. She always pushed back and it was like a game, yeah, with the baby. Aww. Obviously, for a lot of mums, how you feel about your body does change when you, when you have a baby. You know, you're the body coach. You deal a lot with making people feel better about their bodies and stuff. What advice would you give to mums who maybe don't feel that great about their bodies? One of the things that really surprises me about pregnant women is the amount of women that contact me saying, can I do your 90-day plan when I'm pregnant? I want to lose this amount of weight. I don't want to gain weight. And it's crazy because when you're, you know, when you're having a baby, you're trying to grow a baby. Yeah. So you just shouldn't be thinking about staying lean and burning fat and burning energy, basically, because you're, you're trying to grow something inside you. So I always say to people, you know, don't focus on the weight and just let that time it's a beautiful thing that your baby's growing inside you and you really shouldn't be weighing yourself it's not a healthy relationship and just eat healthy food and do what you like in terms of exercise whether it's yoga or bar or pilates or something but i wouldn't go smashing night heavy weights if you've never done it before yeah if you've been doing it all through the pregnancy it's fine Mm -hmm. and then after the baby again people are in such a rush to 
get back in the gym and, and get their body back to a certain way. And you just have to be very patient and understand that your body's gone through a big change. Everything's moving back in place and don't want it to be too strenuous right away. Mm. But it, all, it also just takes time. You have to be patient and focus on healthy eating, hydration, doing regular exercise, whether it's at home or um, in the gym. But don't smash yourself too hard straight away. I think that's really important. And, it, and I think it's really encouraging coming from you. Build your fitness up gradually and also just kind of um, be really proud of yourself that you've carried a baby, you've delivered a baby, it's amazing and it's healthy. And then, you know, focus on your confidence. But again, you shouldn't put pressure on yourself because some women like you, that literally bounce back, right? And yeah. it may not be because they exercise because they're just genetically, their skin's a certain way and their mm -hmm. body and their muscles and other people that take longer. But ultimately you, you can get really fit and strong. And you, the great thing about your body is it can adapt to training. Yeah. It might just take you a year or six months or... Well, and I guess waiting for that motivation, because I hate the idea of punishing a body after it's given you a baby. Like, it's just done the most amazing thing for you. And how are you going to punish it? Whereas I think it is that nurturing it and giving it time and kind of thanking it for what it's done, rather than making it feel like, OK, baby's out, now let's whip you. Yeah, that's a really great way of thinking about it. You're right, because it is. It's such a big thing to go through. Your body's gone through this massive journey and... To think you can just go in the gym and start doing deadlifts and CrossFit and burpees and stuff. It, yeah. It's like just find things that are a bit more suitable for you, a bit more low impact, swimming, cycling, mm. and take it slowly. Yeah, definitely slowly build up. Um, what would you say to dads that might be listening or, or, or partners as to how to encourage mums if they're feeling a bit low? Always just telling them they're beautiful, you know, telling them they look lovely and, and making them feel confident and never putting pressure on them but I, I always find my main goal every day is just to make Rosie's day a bit simpler so whether that's making her breakfast or taking the laundry up or giving her dinner just making things a bit simpler and easier for us as it's stress-free because then she can focus on herself and you know having some time off but at the moment because she's breastfeeding I can't really give her much time she has to be with the baby yeah that's why I'm looking forward to when I can take her out for a few hours and have a bit of daddy time with me and the baby oh, have you had any time just you two yet well, if Rosie's had a rough night's sleep, I bring the baby downstairs for a few hours and then Rosie can sleep. So that's like daddy time, but I haven't taken out the house on my own yet. Has there been anything that's been really surprising so far? Any part of fatherhood that's made you go, whoa? Probably the amount of nappies we change. Like, it's constant. Like <laughs> You hear it go, don't you? You just hear the fart and it's all wet and you know that's, that's a nappy changer. So I'm amazed at how, um, yeah, how many nappies I've got to change. So everyone was saying to me, it's going to be so hard, you're going to need a cleaner, you should get a night nurse. So I had all these things in my head like, Rosie, your mum's going to have to come and stay the first few nights <laughs> and my mum's going to come and clean the house or let's get a cleaner to come every day. But I'm surprised at how it hasn't been like that. Yeah. It hasn't been as stressful as I thought. And I don't want anybody around. Like we're, we're working together. We're a team. You know, We have a cleaner that comes on a Monday to help clean the house once. But other than that, it's the same thing. I cook, I do the recipes, I clean, we eat together. Three days after she was born, we went for a dinner in Richmond. And I sat with her on my um, in the in the thing because we yeah. time it so that she's asleep. Yeah. So we give her a big feed. We walked to Richmond, sat there having dinner, and I had a burger and chips. And literally, she was right there. And I was <laughs> so, a bit of ketchup on her head. <laughs> so yeah, nothing. Nothing's really changed that dramatically. You know? Yeah. I can't say it's that. I don't want to be like, oh, it's really easy because the nights are tiring, but it's not that. It's not like really, really scary and hard, and as like hell on earth as some people describe it. Yeah. I guess it does depend on the baby. 
What makes it hell then is the crying. Is that what you mean? Because she's well, quite so, calm. Yeah, if she so, cried all day, we'd have calls, so I'd be talking very differently. But she doesn't do that all day. So Buddy was a completely different story. Buddy would wake up once in the night and that was it from the start, from the get-go. Whereas Buzz would wake up and be up for two hours. By the time I'd fed him, changed him and got him to go back to sleep, it literally took two hours because he was just not feeding properly. Like The latch was bad and stuff. Well, he, just, he was getting loads of milk, though. It just wasn't efficient. Right. And then he'd sleep for like an hour and then be up and we'd have to do that again for two hours so literally I guess in the morning it would be but it was so weird because when people came over he'd be absolutely a delight and really calm and that tiredness and not getting that feed right oh so it's not nice so it was basically the hunger thing was making him cry because he felt hungry still and no no I can't even say that because he was getting so much milk and he was putting on weight so quickly really that's the thing you just don't know do you You don't they may just be super cuddly sort of needy babies and the next one could be completely different so you just enjoy indie. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying her while while she's calm. And did you have loads of visitors come over straight away? We arrived home from the, the hospital the day after, yeah, and we had like a couple of waves of people come through, and yeah. I was almost like buzzing. I was on adrenaline, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. after a week of that, I thought, oh, you know what, we need a break, so we sort of banned people for a few days, and now we've got a few more coming around this week. That's nice. I don't. I feel like people don't realise they can do that. You just kind of put a stop on visitors for a little while. Because they want my mum, like, she loves to see her all the time, so Aww. she would come around every day if she could. But obviously I said, look, mum, can we just wait a little a few days? And they understand, and then she yeah. can come around at the weekend. So they just want to see her when she's young, don't they? She's yeah, little, yeah. and they want to cuddle her and see her when she's growing up. I'll tell you, second baby, hardly any visitors. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because so Nikki's got Oscar, who's two, and now Milo, who's brand new, and it is, he's saying, <laughs> like, it's a different ball game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be, of course it will, like, because you've got one that's awake and you've yeah. had a rough night's sleep. You can't have a nap during the day. You've got this one running around like a lunatic, so it's a team effort. Yeah. And Nikki's had to sort of do the, the single dad take Oscar out for the day and let Louisa have some time, but I'm fully aware that having two is going to be more of a challenge than just the one. I wait till you get to four. I know, I know. <laughs> then I might need some help. <laughs> You might say, oh, yes, that cleaner. <laughs> um, okay, so we finished every episode with uh, you finishing three sentences for me. Okay. Being a dad means? Being a dad means my life's completely changed in the fact that I'm so content and peaceful and I feel like I've achieved what I'm supposed to do and anything else is just a bonus. Oh. Since becoming a dad, I? Have fallen in love a lot more with Rosie and feel like we're going to have an amazing life together. Oh, I'm happy when? I'm happiest when Indy's on my chest in the carrier, um, like skin to skin when I'm walking around the house. Well, good luck with all the promo for the new book. The new book is called Joe's 30 Minute Meals. Thank you so much. I hope it all goes well. I hope um, it doesn't like tear you away too much. No, I'm not, I'm not doing a massive book tour with this one. I think when I did the first Lean 15 ones, I was all over the country, but yeah. um, I'm doing a few events in London, that's it. I mean, I think people understand. You've got a newborn. I'm enjoying the home time, but I've loved coming on your show. I really enjoyed it. And so thank you so much for having me as a guest. Thank you. Thank you for being so honest, open and just chatting. Thank you. And good luck with your new baby. Thank you. Good luck with Indy. <laughs>